Last week, on October 4th, the Feast of St. Francis, the long-awaited companion to Laudato Si was published. The new apostolic exhortation is titled Laudate Deum, which means Praise God. It is just 73 paragraphs that are meant to be an extension of the 2015 Laudato Si, the encyclical that Pope Francis wrote on the care of our common home. It is a look at what has happened in the last eight years and what still needs to happen. The Pope feels that our responses to the climate crisis have not been adequate, while, I quote, the world in which we live is collapsing and may be nearing the breaking point. The document is titled Laudate Deum because we have to praise God, the Pope says. When human beings claim to take God's place, they become their own worst enemies. The letter mentions those who deny that carbon emissions are the cause for climate change. It condemns those who blame the problem on the world's poor. It blames what is happening on economic greed and weak international politics and challenges the idea that developing cleaner energy will cost jobs. Finally, the Pope reminds all of us that our response is motivated by our faith. Indeed, we must praise God, for when we don't, we do become our own worst enemies. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to another all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro, and sitting here with me is Sister Marie Paul Curley. Sister, welcome back to the program. It's good to see you. It's great, and it's great to have a new season of Salt and Light Radio. I've missed it. Did you, did you have a good summer? I did a little bit um, all over the place, um, <laughs> but a really good summer anyway. <laughs> good. Um, and have you been paying attention to the Synod? That's oh, just yes. started. Yeah. So I'm yes, sure actually, it's, it's yeah. just started. Uh, I've been following the actually the Synod meditations for the yeah. retreat oh, and really good. praying yeah, for the, the participants. The and, yes. Yeah. We, yeah. We hope to be able to do a little more coverage on this. Well, on TV, we're doing you know weekly coverage, but. Uh, on this program hopefully we can uh, talk a little bit more about the synod and keep keep the synod and the delegates in our prayers That's absolutely so um it's good to have you with us today sister so damien o'connor is also going to be with us today damien is uh, our brother knight from the knights of columbus right he's here once a month to tell us something interesting and in fact this time i don't know you might have seen because i saw the press release earlier this week that there's a new video series for the family yes but i don't know anything about it so well, i'm you're gonna eager have to, to hear stay on and damien will tell us in about five minutes yes yeah, so so they uh, they have a video series for men called into the breach and this is a similar idea damien will tell us all about it but it's for families in about Great. five five minutes, just after our song, and then sister, you're going to be on speaking about a film. I That's right, a summer release. A yes, okay. a summer release, and um, everybody has to stay tuned to find out what it is. To find out what it is, and <laughs> and hopefully, a lot of our listeners already watched it. Uh, a film that came out in the summer, and we were not able to talk about it, but it's worth talking about this particular film. In about Definitely. 15 minutes, Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. And then Sister, okay, so in our second half hour, we're going to be speaking with a professor. He teaches education. Hmm. Um, his name is James Curlow. And he just published a book titled The Catholic Teacher, Teaching for Social Justice with Faith, Hope, and Love. And it's all about what it means to be a Catholic teacher. 
but nice. it's actually not necessarily what you would expect, but in a good mm. way. So oh. I hope that that's enough to pique everybody's interest. I hope all teachers uh, that are listening will stay and listen to my conversation with James Curlow uh, about what it means to be a Catholic teacher. Um, so that's in our second half hour in about 25 minutes. And then at the end of the program, I love that we are able to quite often find new singer songwriters. Yes. So uh, we're going to be meeting Nico Cabrera. Nico, uh, we we have done uh, programs where we feature a project called the Vigil Project. Yes. Which is a collaborative. Um, and there's also another program that we've done featuring the Catholic Music Initiative. Um, and Nico is involved with both those projects. So that's how I learned oh, about him. So, um, and he recently collaborated with another artist who's been on the show a lot, of, a lot of times, John Finch. They just wrote a beautiful new bilingual song. And of course, we're going to get to listen to it later. Uh, and we'll be speaking with Nico Cabrera at the end of the program in about 40 minutes. So if you're not going to be around, be sure to go to our website, slmedia.org slash podcast. So you can listen to the whole show. You can also subscribe to the Salt and Light Hour podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, sister, I don't know where you get your podcast, Apple, Apple podcasts, Spotify. Yeah. Are you a Spotifyer? Um, no, Google. I'm, I'm one of those independent podcasts, small ones, but I do, I do sometimes listen to Apple podcasts too, just because it's convenient. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I love your show for the music. Like I love discovering new artists by listening to the show. So I must say that I think that we (laughs) might be the only Catholic program that actually features music regularly um because most programs are talk talk shows so we like to feature our artists and be nourished by their music and what 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 they do so there's a shout out to promote them so that people like sister marie paul can go and support them so you listen to nico cabrera today in the show and you're like oh so then look him up and and listen to his music online so let's start with a song sounds good here's nico cabrera with me consumes how's your spanish sister terrible me me consumes means you consume me Mm. me consumes by nico cabrera Prepara a este corazón a recibirte de cuerpo y sangre, Señor. Derrama tu gracia sobre mí para estar libre y entregarme a ti. Cuando te consumo a ti, me consumes a mí en un amor eterno. Eres un misterio, tú me llenas a mí, oh principio y fin. Eres lo que anhelo, lo que más deseo. Aquí estoy, mi 
mírame como tú me miras abre mi corazón limpialo prepáralo es tu casa y cuando te consumo Eres un misterio, tú me llenas a mí, oh principio y fin. Eres lo que anhelo, lo que más deseo. Nico Cabrera with Me Consumes, or You Consume Me. And we're going to be speaking with Nico Cabrera at the end of the program, so I hope that you can stick around for that. And now it's time for... Into the Breach with Damien O'Connor. Damien, welcome back to the Salt and Light Hour. It's good to see you, my brother. It's good to see you, Deacon. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I uh, I uh, have fond memories of being together with you in Orlando this summer. It's fantastic. I'm learning from the best. Just sitting no. with you, it rubs off. It's wonderful. Oh, well, we, we both learned and it was just fun to be together. Um, and at, so when we, so obviously for our listeners, we, Damien and I were doing the coverage of the Knights of Columbus convention for Salt and Light Media. And at the time, Damien, you did mention to me that there was this very exciting new program that's going to be released. And it turns out that it's been released this week. That's right. It was actually released last Friday. Oh, so okay. When, when we last spoke, I Jeez. think I kind of teased it and said it was coming soon. Yeah. But uh, so we're, we're, we're pretty thrilled that we were able to launch it on Friday. Would you like to hear what it's called? I do, well, let me guess. It's called Into the Breach. Very good. Very it's good. good. Yeah, I like that. I still don't know what that means. But it's, but it's actually called Into the Breach, The Mission of the Family. Okay, I like that. I like that. So it's not just for men? Uh, it is not just for men. Okay, tell us about it. So uh, the Into the Breach video series, which hopefully some of the listeners know, was was launched about, I don't know, maybe three years ago. Mm-hmm. And there's 12-part series. This would be like the next, I don't want to say the sequel, but it's we wanted to keep the same theme, but now we want to focus on the family, where before we focused primarily on men's uh, faith development and spirituality. This is the mission of the family. So it's meant to assist not just men, but men and women, couples, um, with their marriage. And we really try to dive into some specific topics. Is it the same format? So for people who are not familiar with Into the Breach, Mm -hmm. it's a video series. So tell us a little more. How does it work? 
Sure. The, it is a video series and it is the same format as the original in that it's about 12 minutes long each episode. We have five episodes in this series and it's meant to be accompanied by a study guide, which helps you to go much deeper uh, into the topics uh, that, that are discussed. And so much like the first series, there's a lot of um, really top level theologians and other experts in the field. Uh, but each video does have a particular family uh, that's kind of the foundation of that video and who have a powerful story uh, to share. Um, and some of it's our struggles and some of it's our successes and everything in between. But it's really to help couples and families to get back to the basics of what it means to um, have a Catholic family in today's uh, often secular world. So can you... Can you give us an example of some of the topics that might be covered? I presume that it's each episode is a different theme or topic. Each it, that that's correct. Um, so some of them, uh, one in particular, is on uh, the legacy of a family. How do you how do you create that? How do you from when mm. from children, mm -hmm. um, from how they're brought up? Um, some another episode is about healing, because uh, mm -hmm. we thought it was important to really do a deep dive into that and really look at. Um, well, couples have issues and some of that have issues that have been going on for generations. And so mm -hmm. it, it often comes to a climax, if you will, uh, and, you know, and it needs to be dealt with. And so we have that as well. Um, the gift of children, um, mm -hmm. which sounds great, but in that particular video, we also talk about a couple that struggles to have children right. and, and what they go through. And so um, we really tried to be as down to earth as we possibly could to really help those that are watching um, especially when they get into the study guide and really start working together to talk about some of these topics. Um, so couples realize that they're, that they're not alone and that there is a guide, there is a path forward, mm -hmm. but we try to be very realistic about real issues that families are dealing with. Right. So obviously it's a, you, you mentioned it's about strengthening the family. Um, is it meant to go together with the first video series into the breach or can they be done? It's, it's a great question. They're both on the same website. So it's okay. kfc.org forward slash mission of the family. Mm -hmm. If you go to that, you'll see both series are there, but no, they're not meant to go together. If you will, they're, they're okay. very, very different. Uh, we have a study guide. Now we, we make these products primarily for our Knights of Columbus councils. Yeah. Um, and so there's a study guide for men, but we're also developing a study guide for men and women. So the questions okay. will be obviously a little bit different. Um, right. Of so course. Be more for couples to be able to come together. So is it intended again, to be done as a study in a study group together? Can a couple do it at home by themselves? They certainly could, but th this particular product and a lot of the products we create is meant for more of a group setting. There's absolutely no reason why an individual couldn't go through okay. it or a couple. Yeah. But it's really meant for uh, a small group setting. But it's for couples, not for the whole family. Is it intent like for marriages or can like a adult or like can a, can a couple do it with their teenage children? An, for example? Another another great question. They certainly could. That would be entirely up to yeah. them. We hadn't thought about that, and you're the first person to ask that. So thank you. For well, that. But, you heard it right. You should have bring me into your <laughs> team of advisors. See, I continue to learn so, from the expert. You, you're the master. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm your student.
Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm also very upset that I'm not one of the, you know, the, 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 the speakers who are featured in the, Oh, I'm in sorry. The we're series. breaking up. I'm not, is, I'm hello? Not, are you still there? I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, a major league baseball player, which, which is cool. <laughs> I like that. I mean, you mentioned experts and, uh, but you have, you know, Mike Sweeney and Daryl Miller. Some people might know who they are, uh, the former major league baseballers uh, mm -hmm. that are featured there. And that's always great. Of course, there's also other people like sister, Maristella of the Sisters of Life. I think a lot of people will know her or Dr. Ray Guarendi. Uh, of course, our Supreme Knight, Patrick Kelly. Um, so yeah, so maybe the next one, Into the Breach, the mission of the family, including the kids, the kids version or something. Or including Deacon Pedro. Yeah, including make sure. the, don't forget the deacons and the kids. Got it. How's that? How's that? Okay, <laughs> so this great. is this is very exciting because again, it goes along. I think people are still trying to get their heads around the fact that it's like it's a men's thing, but this is a family thing. It's for marriages to strengthen strengthen couples and strengthen marriages. So it might not mean that the women can now go to the Knights of Columbus meetings, but maybe after the meeting, that's when they do the study group. But there's obviously something that's going to be for for the for the couples for the families absolutely that's to be correct. done. All right. Well, thank you, sir, for uh, telling us about it. And uh, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to hear how it goes, actually, now that you've launched. Yeah, just launched. So we'll keep you posted. But thank you for the opportunity to speak about it. All right. Great. Damien O'Connor, Vice President, Evangelization and Faith Formation for the Knights of Columbus. You can find out more about all that they do, including the new Into the Breach, the Mission of the Family video series at kofc.org. Hi, this is Amanda Vernon, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. Salt and Light TV is available on Roku and Amazon Fire. Go to slmedia.org plus to find out how to subscribe. And now it's time for Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. Sister, still here? You're still, still here? <laughs> definitely still here and, and eager to talk about the film. Yes, I'm, I'm eager to, to talk about this film as well. Yes. And I was sorry that we couldn't talk about it back in July when yeah, it first I released. Gonna say, I was uh, going to say the same thing. Yeah, we were on hiatus. So, but yeah, it came out in July. And I, I, I might have seen it. And people are wondering what film it is that we're talking about. This but, is true. Yeah, so it's out in August. Yeah. Sound of Freedom. Yes. Uh, starring Jim Caviezel and uh, Mira Sorvino. Mm -hmm. And it is releasing on digital platforms, I believe, October 13th, okay. if I can. It's it's been a little bit. I'm not. I haven't been following the latest release date, but from what I understand, it will be releasing soon, mm -hmm. so people will be able to see it if they didn't catch it in the theaters. Right. Um, and it's it's an action thriller, really, yeah. based on the true story of federal agent uh, Tim Ballard, who founded Operation Underground Railroad to rescue children from human trafficking and mm -hmm. sexual exploitation. Mm -hmm. uh, it's so. Just to get this out of the way, there has been controversy around the film, around um, the federal agent, around whose story it is based. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to focus right on the film because mm -hmm. uh, there's a there's a there would be just way too much to discuss. But the film itself, I think, stands yep. for itself mm -hmm. and has some really strong values to it that I'd like to mm -hmm. encourage people to think about seeing the film if they haven't. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was just going to say, yeah, all the controversy is really outside of the film and it has nothing to do with the actual film and the story. Which which is a really important story yeah. and is a really important 
uh, issue that we all need to yep, become more absolutely. aware of and to take action with. So it is, uh, so the film itself is well done art- mm-hmm. artistically. It's not, okay, so it's not Casablanca or, you know, it's like the greatest life. film ever. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's, not, wonderful, it's a wonderful life. life. <laughs> but it is a, it is a well-told story. Yeah. And actually, I think because yeah. it's about human trafficking of children, mm-hmm. um, a very disturbing issue that mm-hmm. is true. Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, I think just knowing the facts about human trafficking can give nightmares to many of us. So because of that, I I really want to applaud the filmmakers, A, for having the courage to make this film, Mm -hmm. and and B, for doing it in a way that presents the issue, but in a way that I think a general audience can see. Mm -hmm. They'll be disturbed. Mm -hmm. Um, I was disturbed by it, of course, but... Uh, but it's not overly, no, it's, it's not, not overly sensationalized or anything. No, it's, it's not graphic. It's very well done. You're disturbed by what you don't see, actually, because exactly. our imaginations are worse than, yeah, I know. I yes. Know. So it's they well did done. a, they did a really good job with that. And I think that a lot of us would prefer not to think about human trafficking, especially Absolutely. of children, of Absolutely. the most innocent. But it's a huge issue in our country mm-hmm. and in the world, in our mm-hmm. countries. I'm mm-hmm. in the U.S. Yes. You're, yep. you know, in Canada. It, in Canada, it but it's it's a huge yeah. issue, mm-hmm. and um, and there, you know, so it powerfully highlights this tragedy, and I think it motivates us to really think about what can I do? Am I praying? Number one, am mm-hmm. I praying for, mm-hmm. for for the people affected by this? Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, for those who haven't seen the film, um, it's it's the story of of the federal agent Tim Ballard who basically is working against human trafficking, but actually is focused on, you know, some of the criminal ring, but not on actually rescuing the children themselves. And when he realizes that, um, one of the true, I mean, I'm going to, I won't spoil it, but the first part of the story, um, Mm -hmm. you see two children, a brother and a sister, uh, get, get trafficked. And he rescues the boy who, and this is, this is true. And the boy asks him to rescue his sister. They got separated when they were being trafficked mm-hmm. in two different countries. And so it's the story overly dramatized, of course, because it's of a course. film yeah, and, and everything. But it's the story of him um, doing his first underground operation um, and starting underground oper- Operation Underground Railroad and, um, and the efforts that are successful and not successful mm-hmm. um, in, in rescuing the children. So... It is a typical, I, I had to laugh because I thought this is the perfect role for Jim Caviezel. It's got a really strong Christian Catholic social justice message to yep. it. Um, but he's playing an action figure <laughs> in yep. his typical way. Um, and it is, it does, the film does move. I mean, you are kind of on the edge of your seat in a couple of places. Yeah. Um, so it's well done. Um, I will say this for um the Operation Underground Railroad's website does give some good details about what's fact and what's fiction about mm-hmm. the film. Mm-hmm. And they also highlight, and I think this is important to realize, that the way the film portrays human trafficking isn't the most typical uh, way right. that it happens. Like that it really can happen with family relatives or people you know and trust in you know in your community. Um, it doesn't always mean that you're crossing country borders. Um, 
there, there's a lot of there's a lot of myths about human yeah, trafficking. That and it's not always sex trafficking because probably the most common trafficking is labor. Is, is labor. It's forced Absolutely. labor. Forced labor, yeah. and we have that in our own countries. People being trafficked within our are you know they're not coming from other countries they're being trafficked right here yes um i mean we talk about slavery as the tragedy of the past but really this is uh human slavery now is bigger than it's ever been there are more i think that that's a fact that comes out in the film or in the little the little moment after the film that there are more slaves there are more people enslaved today in the world than there ever has been in the history of humankind yeah, so it's it's a huge, absolutely. So it's a huge issue. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite line from the film is when Jim Caviezel says, "Children are not for sale." No. You know, that's that that's really the highlight of the film. That yep. every child, every person has human dignity, mm-hmm. and that and are sacred, and every person um, needs and should be. We all should treat each other you know, that way with mm-hmm. that sacredness and that, and the compassion and love. Um, what, you know, you've seen the film and sometimes I've seen films and you haven't, what did you think of the film? I think it's a good message. It's an important message. And the fact that they chose to do it the way they did it, because like I, I mentioned, uh, Jim Caviezel has a little kind of message at the end of the film. And it's <gasps> right. Message, right. Yes. That's unusual. Uh, uh, very much so yeah nobody does that but it's a message and it's like you know like what are you doing and are we complicit in that we're not doing anything because we'd rather like you said sister not think about it because who wants to think and you think oh human trafficking was happening in thailand or somewhere far away well it's happening right right here in my neighborhood it is yeah it really is and and yeah and and we promote attitudes and values in our culture or we part- participate yeah, in them exactly. that promote human trafficking, even if we're not, exactly. I mean, God willing, most of us aren't doing it ourselves, no, but no. it's and more pervasive than yep. you, any of us want to believe. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's important. One of the things I did want to highlight is, uh, you know, there is a group of sisters, there's a, con- a group of a congregation uh-huh. yes. of all the congregations of sisters who've gotten together to really fight human trafficking. So if, if listeners want to find out more information, um, it's a wonderful website and there's ways to get involved and they encourage you to pray also yep. for victims. So it's a good thing to even talk about as a family. Um, and the, the site is called Talitha info. And I'm going to spell that, but also Talitha Kum are the only, I think, Aramaic words that we know that Jesus spoke. They're in the gospel of Matthew in chapter five, when Jesus says, little girl arise from the, the little girl who has died and the father comes to plead for her life. So Jesus comes and says, little girl arise, and I'm probably not pronouncing the words correctly, <laughs> Talitha Kum, but you can spell that Talitha, T-A-L-I-T-H-A, Kum, K-U-M, and that's dot info. So if you go to that website, you'll see more information. You'll see about some good things that the sisters are doing around the world. And mm-hmm. it's it's global. So it's a very special initiative that's been happening with religious sisters. Many religious, wonderful religious congregations um, support it and, and directly help with rescuing, um, with accompanying, with aftercare. Of, yeah. of victims of human trafficking. I'm glad you and, mentioned. I'm glad glad you mentioned their work on that website, talithakum.info. They're they're doing really really good work. Um, I think that people need to go watch this movie. I agree. I agree. I, I and think so. I don't think. I mean, 
it, it, it could trigger people who have sensitivity to certain issues. And so, I mean, you always need to use your own discretion, but for families, I mean, the film is rated PG 13. And I think for a mature 13 uh, or 13 plus in Canada, every province has a different rating. I think younger teenagers could watch it if the parents feel they're ready because it's an important issue to raise and to be aware of. And even to notice no, and it's not things graphic. happening in there's your no community. There's no swearing. I don't think there's no foul language. There's no, I mean, really, there's no sexual content. It's a, it's a, it's it's um, implied. It's all implied. It's so all, a yeah, child. There's no graphic. There's very little violence or almost no. I don't think there's any real violence. Most, most of the violence happens yeah, off screen happens also. off screen, yeah. Anyway, so. sister, um, Sound of Freedom. Everybody go watch it. Yeah, whenever I agree. it comes out. Yeah, if you're able to watch it. And it's talithacoom.info. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much, Deacon Pedro. Sister Marie Paul is with the Congregation of the Daughters of St. Paul. You can read her blog at windowstothesoul.wordpress.com. And you can also follow her at Sister M. Paul. Coming up in our second half hour, what it means to be a Catholic teacher. And we meet singer-songwriter Nico Cabrera. So stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. I think most of you would agree that if you're a Catholic teacher, your Catholic faith should inform not just what you teach, but the practical matters of teaching and your teaching style. If you asked me, I would say that being a Catholic teacher would have something to do with virtues, definitely with the three theological virtues, faith, hope, and love. So when I heard about James Curlow's new book titled The Catholic Teacher, Teaching for Social Justice with Faith, Hope, and Love, it all made perfect sense. But reading the book was not what I expected. James Curlow proposes something slightly different, and so to tell us more, I am now joined by James Curlow. James, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. So I guess the first question I should ask you is, what what does it mean to be a Catholic teacher? Okay, so in, in you know when I think about when I think about your question here, uh, there has to be a little context. Okay, yeah. so just just a brief, if you don't mind. Um, so I, I, I mentioned in the book that uh, when Jesus was in uh, Caesarea Philippi, which is in northern Israel, an area I've had the privilege uh, to visit. And mm-hmm. at that location, as recorded in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Now, it's important to note that when Jesus stated that, these people, these disciples walked with him, dined with him, mm-hmm. followed him. So mm-hmm. they had a personal relationship with him. So, so the question is personal in nature. So it isn't that same questions that he asked all of us believers uh, from right where we are, where we find ourselves in this life in the here and now. So for the Catholic teacher and what it means to be a person of faith is first and foremost to respond to that question. Who is Jesus to you? Mm. Who is he to me? That that it, it that it is real, that it is authentic, that it's personal. So it is from that space right. in its authenticity that grounds what it means to be a Catholic. And for the Catholic teacher to live out one's vocation through word and deed, it must be first grounded in that personal relationship with Jesus and to live out 
that vocation is to appreciate the history of the church, uh, the right. rich teachings of scripture, right? And the social teachings yeah. of the church, right? Yeah. So, okay. And just to clarify, so when you say Catholic teacher, we mean a teacher who happens to be Catholic as opposed to a teacher who teaches Catholic things, right? Which I suppose absolutely be the same a teacher person. who happens to be Catholic. I'm, I'm yeah. glad you're clarifying that. Yeah. Yes. No, that's good to know. So, um, so I would have thought that you would have gone on to talk about, you know, the virtues, the theological virtues, which are on the title, faith, hope, and love, and, and this and that. But yes. but but you you kind of took threw me off, threw me for a loop there when your first or second chapter was about ecumenical and interfaith dialogue. Why did you feel that that was the first thing we needed to address? So that's an interesting question. And so just a, a little tiny context again, yeah. right? Because <laughs> uh, nothing is done in a vacuum, as you right. know, right. history, right. life. Right. Uh, uh, and, and so yeah. um, I think it's important to recognize that in a hundred, the year 107, uh, Common Era Time, or a AD, mm -hmm. the term Catholic was first used yep. uh, by Ignatius of Antioch, um, who likely knew the original disciples. Um, but also within that, around 40 years prior to that, the term Christian was first used mm -hmm. as recorded in, in the gospel, I mean, in the yeah. book of Acts, yeah. um, to describe the followers of Jesus. So Catholic suggests the whole, the, 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 the group, Christians, and, and as many of us know, uh, uh, to mean universal. Right. Right. Uh, but it must be understood that the idea of universal is an inclusive concept, mm -hmm. as emphasized by the late Jesuit scholar uh, Walter Ong. He talks about that this universality, the meaning of Catholic is like yeast. It, it yeast expands and there are no defined limits. It's not like a closed circle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So this suggests an inclusivity and engagement with others. Uh, you can look at the history of the church, St. Francis of Assisi, when he went to Egypt and meet the Sultan of Egypt in 1219. Mm -hmm. That was a big deal. Pope John Twenty-Third, when he opened Vatican II, famously expressing that the church was in need to open its windows to mm -hmm. allow a fresh air in, which included the need for interreligious, interfaith, ecumenical dialogue, all of which is critical uh, to find common ground, realizing there's different difference um, uh, 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 that difference is strength, and so key to social justice work is to engage in dialogue, right? And dialogue suggests another side, another point of view. So I begin the book with this because difference will always be among us, and mm -hmm. difference must be negotiated with integrity and with respect uh, and dialogue. Yeah. yeah. No, and I appreciate that because I would have I would have thought that you'd start with social justice and social justice leads you to dialogue. But you 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 flipped it around on me and I think I, I appreciated that. And I love the image of the yeast to help me understand the word Catholic universal as something that is inclusive and not something that is a closed circle. But people mm -hmm. people can read the book and they can understand this better if it's if your if your head is starting to to spin. Um J James, what what do you think your teachers or teachers can take from reading your book? Okay. So while the primary, you know, I just want to say the primary audience, of course, are teachers, uh, whether one works in a Catholic setting, public mm -hmm. setting, you know, private setting. Right. Uh, um, uh, but I, I think 
you know, that the book would appealing to people that are not in education because I talk about the history of the church, the social teachings of the yeah, church. Exactly. And all those sorts of things that I think is informative. But more specifically, uh, I, for the teacher will authentically understand what it means to be a Catholic teacher. Uh, a teacher of faith comes with great responsibility as a way of being, to understand that being a, a teacher of faith is a way of la life grounded in the contemplative yeah. spirit and the effort to hold oneself to an inner accountability to serve in a, di a diversity of population in faith, hope, and love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, 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 I like that you said that you're you're a Catholic teacher, not just when you're in the classroom, but it's who you are, right? And and so I think it's rooted in that that we're we are Catholic. First, you got to be a Catholic. First, you got to be a, a child of God. You got to be a Christian. You got to be a Catholic, and then you're a teacher. Mm -hmm. um, but you just mentioned a word that I I'm glad we have a little bit of time because I wanted to ask you. You said contemplative. Why do you think that the mm -hmm. best spirituality? And there's a whole section in the book dedicated to this. Um, why is it important or why do you think it's important that that best spirituality for a teacher is that contemplative spirituality? So uh, obviously that's a multi-layered type of question, but I'll keep it brief, right? But, uh, you know, I talked to my sons, the more we find out who Jesus is, mm -hmm. the more we find out who we are. Mm. And the more that we are immersed in the scripture in silence in quiet in prayer and listening to that inner voice uh it really grounds us in such a way speaking of the theological virtues of faith hope and love that ho hopefully emanates from us in such a way that is grounded also in humility um i have done a lot of work with the about uh, this uh, Brazilian educator called Paulo Freire. Mm -hmm. And he's from Brazil and he talks about, be careful of being certain with your certainties. And yeah. so and so it becomes where there's always another side, another story, and that immerses, uh, uh, emerges from a contemplative spirit, spirit that is grounded in knowing Jesus and grounded in prayer, if that makes sense. It, it makes absolutely sense. But again, I would have, you know, thinking about social justice, um, you know, you're thinking more about, and, and there's a whole, of course, we don't have time now to talk about it, but maybe I'll throw it out there to, to, to pique people's interest. There's a whole section on theology liberation theology um obviously there's there's a whole section on preferential option for the poor so all these things i would not have thought that they would have been fueled best by a contemplative spirituality but of course i think everything we do should be always fueled by that by that contemplative nature um james thank you so much for uh for the work that you do i hope that this conversation has been enough to to pique the interest of our, of our listeners. And especially if any of our listeners are teachers that they're thinking like, what liberation theology, what ecumenical dialogue, what, how does that make me a better teacher? Well, it will make you a better teacher. Go get the book. Um, uh, thank you. Thank you, James, for, for all the work that you've done for the book you've written, for sharing this book with us today and uh, for getting us thinking uh, of how to be a teacher. You know what, in a synodal way, now that we know that the synod in Rome has started, and I think you've described <clears throat> you've described that the role of the teacher very that it's very synodal because that's what the church is. So thank you. Thank you very much for having me. 
James Curlow is a professor of education at the University of South Carolina. He has authored several books, his latest, The Catholic Teacher, Teaching for Social Justice with Faith, Hope, and Love is published by Bloomsbury Publishing. Here now is Nico Cabrera with his new single in collaboration with John Finch, Behold. There's no greater sacrifice than the blood you shed for me that day on Calvary. Was a fountain, not a drip When your mercy covered me No longer bound, I'm free So I'll remember Oh Lord, I'll remember You There is no greater love 
Nico Cabrera with Behold, and singing with Nico was John Finch, who also co-wrote the song. If you've been listening to this program, you would have heard of the Vigil Project. You probably also remember an interview we did featuring the Catholic Music Initiative. Well, Nico Cabrera is involved with both of those. When he's not, he's traveling all across the country serving as a retreat leader, speaker, worship leader, songwriter, mentor, and educator. He's a graduate of Franciscan University and loves theology and transmitting the truths of the faith in the simplest of ways. To get to know him better, I spoke with Nico Cabrera earlier this week. Nico, welcome to the program. It's good to meet you. Hey, Deacon. Thank you so much. Pleasure to meet you as well. So tell me a little bit about about growing up. Did you grow up a Catholic? Was there music in your home? Yeah. So I I grew up Catholic, uh, born to a beautiful family. I would say beautiful but disordered, like any um, any family, very faithful Catholics, you know. Yeah. But I, I probably I grew away from my faith when I was young. It's actually only until later in my life that I got much closer. Okay, really? So um, Latin American, I'm assuming, Nico Cabrera. So, yeah. So I guess that your family, everybody's Catholic. Yep, born and raised in Colombia. Yeah, very, oh, Colombiano, very cultural, culturally Catholic. Um Tell me a little bit about, was that moving away from the faith in the sort of what most teenagers do because it's just like there was no connection or was there something specific that happened? Um, You know what it was more simply than not? My parents are just good people, but they, they, because of their own experiences, I don't think we're able to really translate. Um, okay. Yeah. What it meant to be Catholic in a way that I think was palpable to somebody who was young. Yeah, yeah. I think they tried, and but what's the experience of most Catholics? No, we go to church. Why do we go to church? Yeah. Because it's good. Why is it good? And beyond that, they can't because it's forgotten. Well, why are we going for God? Well, because God, God said so. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, but you get to this point where you're like, for a young person, that's not convincing. Yeah. And lo and behold, also my parents, I think they're in a period in their marriage where they were just struggling. So, okay. This whole idea of being close to faith for me i was just like why do we go worship a god when clearly your lives are falling apart like i don't, I don't like, right 
Yeah. Am I the only one that sees the writing on the wall? <laughs> yeah, of course. Were yeah. you, uh, do you have brothers and sisters? Yes. So it's a big family, primos, tios. Three brothers. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. was, were you already as a teenager already playing music? I've always been a musician. Yeah. Always loved it. Um, and I used to write, I used to have notebooks full of songs that I would write and stuff, but it was only yeah. until I had the conversion at 15 that that's when it became a thing for me that I was like, um, I have to go ahead and now start sharing this with other people. Like my responsibility is now to, I think, write music for something that's higher. And you felt that the music was a way to express yourself also creatively, but also to, to help kind of share that experience that you've had about, you know, that press personal encounter that you'd had. Yeah. And in some ways it was actually much simpler. Like I didn't really do much. Yeah. I, I, for me, as I just started singing in church and then I started writing. And then for me, it was more just the importance of, of the effective aspect of worship. Like I just got to a place where I was like, um, mm -hmm. man, this is big for me. Like I, I feel so alive. And now I'm at a place where I actually crave silence a lot more. So even though I yeah. do a lot of music, I do it as a vehicle for helping people to pray. You know, I'm not interested in people following me. Probably it goes back to you asking me earlier, you know, like I don't really have a website. And right. I don't, if you look at my Instagram, I don't really post often because I'm, I'm like, I, I don't have a desire for people to follow me. I just want to pray with people. I, I want you to look at God. If you follow me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, that's, yeah, that's true. So there you go. So that's why I won't be, <laughs> be able to tell people where your website is, but, um, and I can I get, I get that from your music actually that there's a very it's a little it's it's contemplative in a way that I, I don't think you would probably think it's contemplative but it is contemplative in that sense that it sort of seems to draw when I listen to it, it seems to draw me closer to to having that encounter um, and of course we just listened to that song with with John with John Finch behold that's very much does that for me um, and but I wanted to ask you so you ended up you ended up at Franciscan University obviously. You yeah. know, I'm sure that that was a great experience, but you didn't study music. You studied theology. Yeah, I, I for me, as I started to discover the Lord and it was, I mean, it was an intense three years where I was praying and it, it was a lot. Like I just dove in, you know, I don't think, and I think I, let's say it was grace because I don't think it was yeah. purely on my decision. Yeah. Um, I just, I was like, there's so many misunderstandings about faith that I just, I think I need to share this with people. And I looked at my peers, the difficulty that it was to be not just a teenager, but an adult. Mm -hmm. And I just thought I, I need to share this. And it's funny because I, I Franciscan is known for catechetics apart from theology. Yeah. And maybe I'm yeah. a little bit pompous, but I was like, I don't want to study catechetics. Like I know how to explain the faith. I just want to study theology yeah. and I really want to understand it so I can, bring it down to a level that people can genuinely understand it. Because I, I would argue that Catholicism practiced mediocrely is very dangerous. Hmm. It's only when it's practiced correctly. It's only when we really press in and understand things that I think we get and we draw full, fuller, you know, closer to the fullness of the faith. Um, and I can provide examples of that because that's a, that's a very big statement. It is very profound, actually. I spent eight years teaching theology and... <sighs> How many times did I find that, you know, and I don't want to blame the teachers because you could always play the blame game, but I found that we we were able to communicate parts of the truth of the faith, but we were never able to communicate it fully in the mm. way that it had to be understood. Um, you know, so 
of course God is God has justice, but equally he has mercy. And there's yep. a reason we call him a mystery is because that balance between justice and mercy is in many ways un, unbeknown to us. Mm -hmm. we, we don't really fully understand it. You know, it's um so I mean I could go on about this. But yeah, no, it's it sounds like it's a conversation we can have uh, over a cup of beer. Um <laughs> No, but you're just making me think of how many people we know who are just mediocre Catholics. And you're right. It might be nobody's specific fault. You know, as a deacon, I, I could say, you know, it's our fault for not preaching or teaching it properly. But but so many are kind of stuck in there. Um, let's talk a little bit about the music, because uh, I am interested in knowing about the collaborations you've done work with the vigil project we've featured them on this program many times so our listeners are very familiar with them do you feel that there's something special or or more meaningful about collaborating with other artists since you've said that it's not about you oh 100 you know like one of the struggles of what i see is is the still because i think catholic music is still very much at its onset right it's not mm -hmm. an industry on itself mm -hmm. that it's self-sustaining is that we're, we're struggling with how do we make music that I think really gives God glory and we still have artists, right? Yeah. But it is never fully consumed by the artist, right? That it really always points back. And right. even I think the Christian industry has struggled with that just because, you know, uh, we follow an artist and they have some type of downfall because they're human. Yep. And then people leave, right? Um, so mm. I think the collaboration aspect allows us maybe to not focus so much on the artist, but try to focus more on the music yeah. and the prayer in, in and of itself. And then, then there's a practical aspect, which I think is fair to, which is John has an audience and I have an audience. Mm -hmm. If I can introduce them to more people that I think would yeah. enjoy somebody's gift and talents, then I think we can continue spreading it. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love collaborations. I, I, I love it when I think COVID, COVID was good in that sense that it, a lot of people started collaborating more because they had to, there was nothing else. Um, yeah, so, but, but you're right in terms of spreading, sharing, sharing the wealth, sharing the treasures. Um, that's a great way to do it. Um, Nico, that's all the time we have, but it's been really good. Uh, it's really, really good meeting you. I love the music. Um, excellent chatting with you and uh, I hope I hope that you keep writing because there's good stuff there and we can bring you back on the show <laughs> thank you so much that was a conversation I had with Nico Cabrera earlier this week you can find Nico Cabrera on Instagram and listen to his music wherever you stream music and to listen to this interview again or to hear the rest of the program go to slmedia.org slash podcast here now is Nico Cabrera with his new single hasta las nubes, which means to the clouds. Bajo tus alas, yo siempre tengo protección. No hay batalla que no has ganado, mi Señor. Por eso te alabo, porque eres más grande que lo que temo. No me distraigo Dejo que tú seas Dios Mi canto se eleva hasta las nubes Mi voz solo exclama que tú eres Dios Me quito la corona y la pongo a tus pies 
We're listening to Nico Cabrera with Hasta las Nubes, which means to the clouds. And that will take us to the end of the program. Remember that the best place to listen to our show is at our website, slmedia.org slash podcast. But you can also listen to the Salt and Light Hour podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. And you can find me, Deacon Pedro, on your social media. And you can also email me, pedro at slmedia.org. Thank you for being with us today. Let's pray for Catholic teachers. And let's continue to pray for each other and take care of each other. Let's also continue to pray for peace in Ukraine and in so many places where there is conflict and natural disasters. And let's pray in a special way for the Synod of Bishops in Rome. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour.